Thanks for joining us for today's message. We encourage you to email us and let us know what God is currently doing in your life. Or if you'd like to support the ministry financially, you can do so here on our website. For now, we hope you enjoy this message. Thanks for tuning in today. I've been doing a series, you know, called my, uh, The Holy Spirit, My Sevenfold Friend. Not, not realize that we get down there, everything is about the Holy Spirit. Everything is, everything is about the Spirit of God, giving place to the Spirit of God so He can do in your life what He wants to do. Amen? And so I wrote this confession down. Can you put that confession up? Uh, say this out loud. I have a real person. Let's all read it out loud together. Ready? I have a real person living in me, the person, the Holy Spirit. Not only is he my friend, he's my comforter, counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, standby. He is more than enough to help me honor God and live a victorious life on this side of eternity. Come on, give him praise. Hallelujah. Oh, that's exciting. Okay. Glory to God, that's exciting. Amen. So today I, I, I um, titled this message, the sound, of heaven, give, the sound of Heaven Giving Voice to God's Word. In 2 Timothy, the third chapter, I'm just going to read four verses here to kind of introduce what I'm going to be sharing this morning. As 2 Timothy 3, verse 16, it says this, every scripture is God, in fact, let's all read it together. I love listening to hearing you read. Uh, and, and now read this, and read it like you believe it, okay? Ready, everybody? Every scripture is God-breathed, given by his inspiration, and profitable for instruction, for reproof and conviction of sin, for correction of error, and discipline in obedience and for training in righteousness, in holy living, in conformity to God's will in thought, purpose, and action. Why? So that the man of God may be complete and proficient, well-fitted and thoroughly equipped for every good work. Is that awesome or what? <laughs> Say the word of God is God-breathed. Amen. It's, it, it's, it was his breath, praise God. His, everything he says is, is abundant. Life, the fullness of any kind of life that you can imagine, both spiritually and otherwise. Now, Luke, the 24th chapter, um, uh, uh, Luke writes this. He said, Behold, I send the promise of my Father, Jesus speaking, upon you. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued. That word means vested or clothed with power from on high. And he led them out as far as to Bethany, and he lifted up his, hand, um, his hands, and he blessed them. And it came to pass, while he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they were continually in the temple. Where were they? Where were they? They were in the temple. The place God designed for you to grow is right here in this temple. And the Bible says... Um, uh, uh, and uh, the Bible... Uh, uh, oh, I missed it here. Where am I at? And, we're, and they were continually in the temple, praising and blessing God. And everybody say amen to that. Amen. Now, Acts 1, the first chapter, this is what I want to get to now. Uh, so hang in with me. This is the Living Bible. During the 40 days after his crucifixion, Jesus appeared to the apostles from time to time, actually alive, and proved to them in many ways that it was really he himself they were seeing. <laughs> and on these occasions, can you imagine now, just stop for a moment. I don't want to get too sidetracked because, you know, uh, time is as of essence here in these services. But so, but here, here's, this, just imagine, they saw this man, Isaiah 14, no, Isaiah 54, verse 14 says this, that he was so marred, he was so beat up that they could not tell that he was a person. Yeah. 
So they mangled him. They, I mean, beat him to a pulp. They couldn't, they couldn't see any facial appearance to uh, him. I mean, they just beat him like no other person could because the devil was behind uh, destroying uh, this threat to the devil's kingdom. And so they watched that. And so they could not, I mean, they couldn't imagine that he could come back. And then when he came back, he's in his glorified body. And so I don't know what the difference was before that, when he had his body, and afterwards. But, they, but it was hard for them to recognize him. Isn't that amazing? I mean, and so he had to prove to them that it was he. And so the Bible goes on and says, he, on these occasions, he talked with them about the kingdom of God. In one of those meetings, here's what he said. He told them not to leave Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit came upon them in fulfillment of the Father's promise, a matter he had previously discussed with them. Now, John baptized you with water, he reminded them, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit in just a few days. And another time when he appeared to them, they asked him, Lord, are you going to free Israel from Rome now and restore us an independent nation? See, we have been praying. Uh, you know, all of us have been, well, if not praying, wishing for, the re- how many have been wishing for the return of Christ? Come on, be honest. You, you're hoping Jesus returns, right? We've been wanting that. Well, see, they, 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 wanted to, they wanted the kingdom, re- they, they wanted themselves to be free from om- uh, Roman um, uh, slavery. Uh, and so this is, they asked him the question, is it now time to restore us to an independent nation? Well, Jesus said the Father has set those dates, and, and they are not for you to know. But when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you will receive power. Say power. power. We're going to talk about the difference between, uh, there's two kinds of power uh, in the New Testament. One is exousia, and one is dunamis. And we're going to, we'll be teaching on those. Why? Because it's important for you to know that you have more power in your life than you realize. And you don't have to put up with some of the things that are going on in your life. Yeah. Amen. And so... The Bible says, uh, you shall receive power to testify about me with great effect to the people in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth about my death and resurrection. Acts 2, verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they, the disciples, 120 of them, were all in one accord in one place. And suddenly, say suddenly. suddenly. The Bible says they sound from heaven. What was the sound? It says, as of a rushing mighty wind. The New Living Translation says, like the roaring of a mighty windstorm. Amen. And the Bible says, it filled the house they were, where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. And it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. That word utterance means spiritual clarity. That's what that means. Okay. So now the disciples were filled with the sound of heaven. They were filled with the sound of heaven. Say the sound of heaven. So there is a sound. It's called the sound of heaven that changes people's lives. When I thought about the windstorm, I thought about this. Isn't it interesting? You get into a, you get into a strong enough storm, you are not going to control that storm. That storm's going to control you. I mean, that storm's going to take you the direction it's moving. Is that right? If you step outside and it's 130 mile an hour wind, I'm sorry, you're going to go where the wind takes you. It is not subject to you, you're subject to it. How many, how many want that kind of influence in the Holy, of the Holy Spirit? That he drives you where you need to be. I mean, that you have, you've, allowed him such ma- you've allowed him such lordship in your life that he's able to drive you where you need to be in any given moment at any given day. Can I have an amen? 
That's what we want from the Spirit. Whether it's to minister or whether it's to avoid danger, whatever, how many want to be led by the Spirit? Amen. So do I. Praise the Lord. He's real. You have a real person living in you. It's the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. Why is that important for you to know? Because maybe you'd act differently if you understood there's someone living in your house. <laughs> Amen. I'll preach to people over here that have got a better response. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, as you study the books of uh, the book of Acts, you'll see the success of their ministry, which we don't have time to get into today. today. Now, let's talk about the sound of heaven for a moment. I'll give you four examples, and we'll just move right on. Praise the Lord. Sound of heaven. Listen, Genesis 1. The spiritual atmosphere on earth at that time, the Bible says, was dark. The Bible says it was a shapeless, chaotic mass until God released the sound of heaven. Hallelujah. When God said, let there be light, light was. The sound of heaven came into the earth and expelled and destroyed the darkness. Isn't that beautiful? It was the sound of heaven. Praise the Lord. When Joshua led the children of Israel on the wall of Jericho, you know the story, seven days, once every day for seven days, there was not one word spoken. It was dead silent. And on the seventh day, they marched around that city seven times. Praise God. And everything, every, nothing had changed until they shouted in unification. When they, when they were united in one shout, praise God, something supernatural happened. Hallelujah. Those walls that were, in, uh, were not penetrable, impossible to get through, fell straight down into the ground, praise God. And, and they were able to go in and possess the land. It was that, those walls, those are, those are the walls that kept them from their promised land. And God gave them the way to knock those walls down. Isn't that beautiful? And it came because of a unified shout, just like we did earlier. We were, um, I, I, oh my goodness. We, Rodney Howard Brown wrote two books. And the newest one just came out. And, um, but, but it, it's all on, it, it's all on uh, how that in the 1800s, well, first of all, when George Washington won the war against England, Great Britain, and we became independent, that from that very moment, men, especially bankers, that, uh, men of, uh, of renowned, very wealthy men, began to design a deep state to destroy America's economy so that Great Britain, England, would take over the United States. And, and I mean, the book is 500 pages. I've never read a book of 500 pages. And uh, what was so beautifully written is that I can understand it. I'm just saying, you know, you'll be able to understand it. And, and uh, I'll offer that book to you <coughs> at a later time. But it's impacting what's going on in America today. And the only thing that's going to save America is prayer. The only thing is prayer. I'm serious about it. It's prayer. Because the enemy is not greater than our God. But it takes corporate united prayer. But at one point, uh, it was beautiful because at one point, we, sh um, we shouted like for, uh, he gave such story, great stories on shouting. Uh, but we shouted for about five minutes nonstop, 2,000 people. The roar was so loud, it was tickling my ears. It was so loud. And we were, we, were, uh, we were shouting confusion to all of the evils in Washington, D.C. And that, uh, because in, in, in the Bible, uh, and I'll give you this, I'll, in fact, I'll give you the next example, Gideon. In the Bible, God gave him a divine strategy, uh, amen, for a war that he couldn't win on his own. 
and 135,000 enemy soldiers he took on with 300 courageous and faith-filled men. Can you imagine? Hey, they were friends, right? I mean, they were willing to give up their lives for, their free, for, the, for the nation's freedom. And, um, and God gave them a strategy. Hallelujah. And one of their strategies was to shout, The sword of the Lord and Gideon! I don't know how that would sound, just with 300 guys. There were 100 in each rank. There's only three. There, was a, there were three groups of 100. And they shouted. But when they shouted in faith and in unity, something supernatural happened. It brought such confusion into the ranks of the enemy that the enemy turned against each other and, they, and, and everybody killed everyone. I thought, wow, that must have been a party. That you get so confused that you, end, you get so confused that you don't know who your true enemies are. And that's what happened with the shout of God. The sound of heaven brought such confusion to the enemy that they were defeated. Everybody shout amen. amen. So that is what's, that's the powerful shout of the sound of heaven. When Jesus spoke to the fig tree, the fig tree yielded to the sound of heaven. When he spoke to the wind and the sea, they yielded to the sound of heaven. And when he spoke to a demon spirit and Satan himself, they yielded to the sound of heaven. Somebody shout amen. amen. I mean, that's exactly, I mean, it's true. They yielded. I'm just telling you that because you have more power in your life than you think. And, and God gave us a, a voice. God gave us a voice to speak. And if, we're not, if we don't know, if we don't understand the word of God, we'll use our voice to destroy us rather than build us up. It's really true. Every miracle manifested in Jesus' ministry was preceded by preaching and teaching. Why? Because Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And every word... Excuse me, everyone who believed Jesus' words not only heard the sound of heaven, but they experienced the sound of heaven. Hallelujah. Amen. Every one of them. He healed everybody that came to him. Question, how many walls are standing between you, between you and God's best for your life? I mean, it's how many walls? It could be uh, walls of doubt or fear, walls of offense and unforgiveness, walls of envy, jealousy, strife, walls of pride and rebellion. Every one of those are subject to the sound of heaven. Every one of them. Every one of them. Praise the Lord. I said praise the Lord. Matthew's gospel. Here's what Jesus said. You are the light of the world. A city set. Say I'm the light of the world. Say it again. You are. A city uh, set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do men light a candle or lamp and put it under a peck measure. But on a lampstand. Why? So it gives light to all in the house. So let your light so shine before men that they may see, <coughs> this is the Amplified, your moral excellence and your praiseworthy, noble, and good deeds and recognize, honor, praise, and glorify your Father who is in heaven. The King James says so that men would see your good works, works that are, listen, works that produce uh, the conviction of God's presence in this dark world that we live in. Work, do you hear that? That produce conviction. How many want to live a life that produces conviction around you? I mean, I, I didn't say condemnation. Convic you know what the difference between condemnation and conviction is? Conviction comes upon a person who is open and wants to receive. Condemnation comes on a person who's rebellious and doesn't want anything to do with God. Listen, and the outcome of that is not your, your responsibility. Our responsibility is to give people the truth, and then God's responsibility is to touch their hearts, and their responsibility is to respond either way, reject it or accept it. <laughs> Isn't that good? 
Praise the Lord. Okay, now I'm going to read a little article, and this won't take very long. It was an article written by Mario Morello. Pastor Vicky sent it to me, and it's so, it was so fitting concerning the days we're living and what God is saying to the church. I mean, honestly, now I want to ask you this question. How many are honestly in your heart, you're hungering after more of God in your life? Because, see, we can get everything in the natural, right? And we, and, but once you get it all, then what's after that? Because the natural things, they, they just don't suffice. They just don't satisfy. So sometimes when we're hunting after more natural things, thinking that's going to satisfy, the only thing that satisfies us is a relationship with our Lord. I preached a message one time called, We Are Made From Him and For Him. Let me read this. Here's what he said. It was an article by Mario Murillo. Some of you don't know. Uh, when the Washington Pavilion opened up, we were the first venue in there. And uh, we held a revival with Mario Murillo. <laughs> it's wild, huh? Oh, here's what he says. A massive number of Christians are experiencing a strange miracle. And we are discovering that this was predicted in detail. And what's the miracle? The Holy Spirit is separating them, those massive number of Christians who are hungering after God. The Holy Spirit is separating them. He has selected them for special grace and power to accomplish mighty acts at the edge of history. They will be uniquely equipped to face the sophisticated evils of our time. But it all begins by making peace with the Holy Spirit and restoring his rightful place in our hearts and in the church. In the book of Acts, we see the disarming, down-to-earth way of the first century church related to the Holy Spirit. Listen to this. While they revered him deeply, they had a sense of his nearness and his involvement in their day-to-day -day operation. They behaved as if he was close by, that they could almost see him. And most of all, they anticipated his instructions. Goes on, says Acts 13, 2. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, the Holy Spirit spoke. He had something to say to the church. And what was it? Separate me. Now separate to me. Separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, <clears throat> they went down to Seleucia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. So we know right now, we know they were confident that they heard the Spirit speak, the Spirit gave them directions, and they believed it, and they obeyed. And of course, we know from the Scriptures how impacting uh, their ministry was. In fact, the Bible says all of Asia was changed by the power of their message. Is that powerful or what? Today, millions of believers are hearing the same call, separate to me. The Holy Spirit told David Wilkerson about, his coming, about this coming separation and how pockets of prophetic people would huddle together across our nation. And here's what he said. This is David Wilkerson back in the, a uh, long time ago, back in the 70s. God-hungry people are saying among themselves, this is, no, he said this recently, forgive me. This is not it. There is something more. The bigness and the sensationalism of it all 
uh, a church as it is today in a lot of places has left us empty and dry. We want more, more than entertainment, more than big showy buildings, more than, a, more than a shallow celebrity gospel. We want deeper values. We want to see Jesus. We want spotless robes of righteousness. We want to go back to doing things in total dependence on God. Come on, everybody. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Many of these people are being compelled to leave churches that were once fiery, spirit-filled, but now embrace a new seeker-friendly format. They saw their, and I'm not against being, I mean, I want to be seeker friendly in the sense, I want to, I want, don't want people to be super uncomfortable, but at the same time, you cannot compromise the word of God for someone's comfort because they could go to, they could go to hell. As preachers today, don't, they don't preach on hell. They don't even believe in hell. And I don't think it's an exciting message. Who in, who in the world wants to go to hell? Who in the world would want to suffer? I think about some men that passed, you know, whether, uh, think about, uh, I think about him once in a while, the guy from uh, Playboy. Can you imagine him stepping into eternity and not being prepared? The sufferings, the agony, the torment, which none of it was meant for man, man, but God gave us a will. And we can humble ourselves and be broken before him, submit it to him, yield it to him so he can do what he wants to do in our lives, or we can be hardened. Against him. Say, say, I want to be hungry for God. Let me read this over again. Many of these people are being compelled to leave churches that were once fiery, spirit-filled, and now they embrace a new seeker-friendly format. They saw their church focused only on church growth and downplaying the presence of the Holy Spirit to attract outsiders. Hungry saints are fed up with the world system, especially when they see it operating in the church. They can't stomach the glitzy entertainment centers anymore. They believe we have no time to play games, and they're frustrated that many of the churches are catering to their lukewarm members. True disciples are abandoning attraction churches, and something revolutionary is happening inside them. God is starting a fresh movement, and it's a movement that Faith Family Church is going to be part of. Can I have an amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Glory. I'm not speaking of extreme sensationalism. Extreme. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about a true, a true presence, a, a, a true yielding of every heart in this place to God and his spirit so he can do within us anything he needs to do. Hallelujah. And what does he do? He corrects us. He rebukes us. He reproves us. He trains us. Can I have an amen? He really does. He wants us to be good students of the word of God. He wants us to be prepared so we leave these doors. Darkness flees, hallelujah, because we're carrying the presence of God in our lives. Hallelujah. Thank you. Oh, if it wasn't for the stupid veil of flesh, oh, man, we'd be like Edie. Is it Edie? No, what's it called? The lighting of today? You know, the bright lights? LEDs. LEDs. <laughs> We would. People would be going to say, my Lord, who is that? Look at the bright light. But it's veiled in his flesh. <laughs> I'm sorry. Hallelujah. Dave Wilkerson explained more of what, he was, what was coming. He said, God is revealing to all praying people. 
that a glorious new work of the Spirit is about to break forth. God is going to shake everything that can be shaken. Of course he will, because he said he would in Hebrews chapter 13 or chapter 12, the end of the chapter. He will tear down the old political, backslidden, ecclesiastical system. He will disown the formal super church structure. Disown it. He will chase out of his presence all who are engaging in self-promoting ministries. <coughs> See, I believe when God spoke, I believe, excuse me, I believe that day when, when uh, this famous preacher uh, was denouncing the prosperity message, he was feeling guilty of his own disgusting lifestyle. And so he thought it was for everybody. He forgot to look in the mirror. It's for him. No, you don't. I mean, j just jack up and use God's money right. Can I have an amen? One of his houses was 11 million. Just one. That's fine. I mean, I don't care. But if God's, I mean, let, I mean God was dealing with him. If it wasn't for the prosperity message, I wouldn't be here today. Can I have an amen? Now, I'm talking about in every area of life, just not money. God is revealing. Oh, let me, oh yeah. The praying people will force changes. Oh, I love that. The praying people will force changes. Prayer this morning was just glorious. We had about 80 people at prayer this morning. Can we give God praise for that? 80 people at first service. Now, come on. You get more excited about that. <laughs> And it's supernatural. And a lot of you people, especially young people, you should be there. Why? Because, you, well, I'll tell you at the end. I don't want to get ahead. There are a new breed. Uh, oh, the praying people will force changes. There are a new breed for a new need. They are hungry, and their numbers are growing fast. They are uniting around certain truths, fasting, repentance, and holy surrender to Christ. I love that. You know why? Because preachers today are, pre are preaching that you don't even have to repent. No, they are. I mean, yeah, one of the biggest preachers in America. Excuse me, he's not from America, but he comes to America. And um, his preacher, you never have to repent for your sins. Jeepers, where did you get this stuff? And the seven letters to the churches in Revelation, every one of them ended with, hey, if you don't repent and turn things around, I'm going to take the light that is in you away from you. No, not that you should live a guilty life, but my goodness, when you transgress or you cross the line of God's word, immediately it should prick your heart so that you say, God, I'm so sorry. Amen. Is saying I'm sorry, is that, is that a form of repentance? Of course it is. So be careful who you listen to. Can I have an amen? amen. Smith Wigglesworth saw this separation coming way back in 1927. Here's what he said. All the people which are pressing into and getting ready for this, glorious, uh, for, the, for this glorious attained place where they shall not be found naked, where they shall be blameless, where they shall be immovable, where they shall be purified by the power of the word of God, have within them a conscience. Hmm. A conscience of the very presence of God, changing their very nature, preparing them for a, for a greater thing, and causing them to be ready for translation or for the rapture. How many want to be ready for the rapture? Not every Christian will go in the rapture. Just the readied ones. So both of these men believed, uh, these godly men believed this gathering under the Holy Spirit would begin, listen, after a great falling away. Because a falling away, according to the scriptures, will precede a catching away. 
Now, this is not, I'm not trying to be a, a Debbie Downer. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. And so we have to be wise to what the Bible says so we don't find ourselves without oil in our lamps. Can I have an amen? That's all I'm trying to say. I'm not trying to be negative, it's, but it's the truth. It's something you don't want to be a part of. You end up, end, end up with uh, walking in the dark instead of in the light. Wigglesworth continues. We have to see that these days have, have to come before the Lord can come. Now, there are two classes, world classes of believers. Listen, there are two world classes of believers. Those which are disobedient, or he, uh, Wigglesworth said, I ought to say that there are children which are saved by the power of God, which are disobedient children. And there are children which are, the, are just the same saved by the power of God, who all the time are longing to be most obedient. How many, be, how many want to be obedient to God? Yeah. Every hand should be raised. Then Reverend Marillo said this, The moment predicted by these two men is now upon us. Every day I receive another account of frustrated saints who have been suddenly driven to uh, two hours of prayer. Many are fasting. A vast number are about to find each other in a true outbreak of holy fire. Millions of believers across America feel they are being separated to the Holy Spirit for God's supernatural plans and purposes. David Wilkerson talked about a work within us. Smith, Smith Wigglesworth talked about pressing in. So the image is clear. The Holy Spirit is stirring souls across the nation once again uh, to do both. Press into God like never before, so that he can have a work within us. Can I have an amen? amen? Paul said the weapons, I'm almost finished here. Paul said the weapons of, well, not quite this. I have three more closings. The weapons of our warfare, <laughs> just listen. Because how, many agree you need, how many agree you need this today? You need this today. And those that didn't clap, you need this today. <laughs> the weapons of our warfare. Turn to somebody and say, I love my pastor. <laughs> the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. But I do like the message Bible. I think it's good. Don't you hear this? The tools of our trade aren't for marketing or manipulation, but they're for demolishing that entire massively corrupt culture. We use our powerful God tools for smashing warped philosophies, tearing down barriers erected against the truth of God, fitting every loose thought and emotion and impulse into the structure of a life shaped by Christ. Our tools are ready at hand for clearing the ground of every obstruction and building lives of obedience into maturity. And he was addressing the church. He said, my goodness, there's some warped philosophies in the church that we have got to straighten out. Some people don't believe in the rapture. They're preaching no rapture, no hell. Oh, and they're also preaching that there are different ways that God to heaven, not just through Jesus. So you got all sorts of wacky things going on out there. Mario Murillo, he's Mario Murillo ends with hungry saints are being pulled away from the fleshly things, even as a spirit of prayer is overtaking them. They're surrendering to a special work of the Holy Spirit. A fresh work of the Holy Spirit has begun. I said a fresh work of the Holy Spirit has begun. And the impact will soon be widespread in all the earth. Hallelujah. How many want to be a part of the sound of heaven? The sound of heaven. The sound of heaven. Praise God. It can be coming out of you on a daily basis. Oh God, thank you that you are my, my provider, Jehovah Jireh. That's the sound of heaven. Hallelujah. It is the sound of heaven. Hallelujah. Thank you. First service prayer at 855, of course, is led by my precious wife. And um, she felt compelled 
to do this about, what, three years ago? I don't know how long ago it's been. And, um, and, 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 and it may have more than this, but I wrote down a threefold purpose of this first service. Say as it's out loud, we have a first service. I just want you to know that so you understand that. Because some of you have never been in it, and, and you need to consider it. Um, a threefold purpose. Number one is for you to gain insight from the scriptures on how to pray, especially with authority and power. We'll be talking about that. Number two, it's to give you the opportunity to give the Holy Spirit total access to your spirit, soul, and body. Because if I would, uh, seriously, if we had this morning a fishing trip <clears throat> planned at 5 to 9, you would be here at 7.55 so you weren't late. Because you'd be parent preparing your hooks and all your little things, you know. I'm just saying, we can respond easily to fleshly things, but when it comes to spiritual things of God that are necessary for your life, the devil will challenge that in your life. If you decide, I'm going to get up for a prayer service in the morning, the devil will try to make sure that you're as tired as you've ever been. Number three, the third purpose, by doing so, you will learn how to pray effectively, powerfully, and triumphantly. How many want to learn how to pray triumphantly? Amen. I do too. I do too. I'm sorry. You need to pray. And some people don't know how to pray. The only prayer I knew when I was a little boy was, come Lord Jesus, be our guest. Now I lay me down to sleep. And of course, the Lord's Prayer. But I didn't know how to talk to God. I didn't know how to communicate with God. I didn't know how to, you know, I would know how to be effective. And you learn that through prayer, the first service. Yes, it's a prayer service. Yes, they're speaking in tongues. And yes, we believe in that. Why is it important for your life? Because it is the power that God vested you to have so you can be the best you can be as a Christian. Now I want to read this, Ephesians 6. It's important I read this, so let's read it. Now, my beloved ones, I have saved these most important truths for last. This is Ephesians 6, verse 10. He said, be supernaturally infused with strength, supernaturally infused with strength through your life union with the Lord Jesus. Stand victorious with the force of his explosive power flowing in and through you. Now stop and listen. Stop for a moment and think when he's writing this. Guys are being beheaded. They're being imprisoned. They're being beaten to death. They're being stoned to death. And he's writing this to the church. What excuse do we have? Yeah, it's true. What excuse do we have? So put on. So put on, he goes. Oh, oh let me see. Stand the victorious with the force of his explosive power flowing in and, and, and through you. So put on. Say, that's my part. Yeah. Put on God's complete set of armor provided for us that you will be protected as you fight against the evil strategies of the accuser. Your hand-to-hand combat is not with human beings, but with the highest principalities and authorities operating in rebellion under the heavenly realms. For they are a powerful class of demon gods and evil spirits that hold this dark world in bondage. Let me stop for a moment. There was a gentleman that had, he, um, I'm not only getting to, but he died. And he was dead for an hour and 45 minutes. For the hour and 45 minutes, he went to heaven. He wrote a book on it. And um, he said when he, when he was up in heaven, and he asked the Lord like five times. Oh, no, excuse me. The Lord said five times to him, you need to go back. And then he'd start talking again. The Lord said, you need to go back. And he'd start talking. He did not want to return. <laughs> but he said when he returned, he said, the, and this happened when he left, 
But it seemed to impact him more when he returned. He had to go through that second layer of the heavens where all the demonic forces are. And he said, it was so dark and so evil and so horrible that I had to pass through that to get back into the earth. I just want you to know there is a realm of the spirit that's real. I mean, where darkness is. And that darkness is operating the earth. Let's finish reading. For the Bible says, but the, with the highest principalities and authorities operating in rebellion under the heavenly realms. For they are a powerful class of demon gods and evil spirits that hold this dark world in bondage. And because of this, you must wear all the armor. You must wear all the armor that God provides. So you're protected as you combat the slanderer. For you are destined for all things and will rise victorious. Hallelujah. So put on as a belt to strengthen you. That's your part. Strengthen you to stand and triumph. Put on holiness as the protective armor that covers your heart. Stand on your feet alert that you'll always be ready to share the blessings of peace. And in every battle, take faith as your, warp, uh, your wrap around shield, for it is able to extinguish the blazing arrows coming at you from the evil one. Glory to God. And those are arrows of accusations, arrows that you're never going to make it, arrows that you'll never be anything in life, arrows that you'll always be defeated, arrows that you'll never have enough money, arrows, arrows, arrows that your body's sick and you're going to die. These arrows are constantly coming. But you got the shield of faith. Come on. Go like to hold it up. Do it by faith. Hold it up. That's your shield of faith. Embrace the power of salvation's full deliverance like a helmet to protect your thoughts from lies and take the mighty razor-sharp spirit sword of the spoken word of God. Pray passionately in the spirit as you continually intercede with every form of prayer at all times and pray the blessings of God upon all his believers. Is that beautiful or what? That's the sound of heaven. Hallelujah. That's the sound of heaven. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, every one of us know, or we should know that is no, and it's true. I mean, I know I get worked up when it comes to, I love America, but there's no political party that's going to save America. It's only the believers praying. It's the only thing that's going to save America. And listen, for you, your training begins at 8.55 on Sunday mornings. I mean that. 8.55 on Sunday mornings. That's when your training begins. That's when God, your commander-in-chief, he's commanding. It's time to rise up and learn how to pray. So that we can pray corporately with one shout, with one voice. Can I have an amen? amen. Musicians, you can come. Bow your heads if you would. I'm going to pray for you today. Thank you, God. I don't. I wrote this out earlier and I just. There's so many things I'm writing when I'm studying. And then I scratch them out because, you know, for sake of. I don't want to wear you out. And, but but um, uh, let me, please let me say this to anyone here that. You know, maybe you're here today and you're not spirit-filled. You know, you don't have a prayer language. Let me, let me ask you, let me, let me say first of all this. Isn't it interesting that you came from the supernatural? You were born, listen, you were born of the, would you all agree that you were born into this earth by the supernatural? Then you were born again by the supernatural. Right? So why are we afraid then of the supernatural? The only reason we're afraid sometimes, and when, even when it comes to like the prayer, praying in the spirit, uh, we're a church that teach you, we'll teach you. We don't do anything that is not biblically sound. I just want you to know that. We don't do anything that's not biblically sound. 
We don't take scriptures and pull them out of context and try to fool you into believing something that's not true. So don't be afraid of the supernatural. Be open to it. Be open to yielding your heart on a daily basis to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Listen, we cannot do life without Him. We can't. Life will become extremely frustrating if we try to do life without the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for listening to today's message. We'd love for you to join us for our Sunday morning service at 10 o'clock. We also have our midweek service every week on Wednesday nights from 7 to 8. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.